y'all. That's Tevin, y'all. Hey. What's up, y'all? Official Happy New Year. What's up? Episode number 42 of the Perfectly Incomplete Podcast. I'm Imogene, your host, and I'm in the building. And I got my sweet little baby girl, T.T. Tony. What's up, Tony? Hey, everyone. Hi, Ma. What's hey, hey, you look very nice tonight. You look gorgeous. Okay, so I'm excited to be here. I've been on hiatus doing a little bit of self-care, which I really needed it, y'all, because I was like out of control, off the whack. <laughs> but I know who I am. I'm back. I found my identity. How about that? Did you? Yeah. What'd you do? I want to know. And I need to know the process, the journey. What did I do? Well, I always do. I do a lot of reflection and I journal and I spend a lot of time in quiet just really meditating. I do that, like, as I go day to day and things come up and I try to make sense out of them or how they affect me, I spend time putting my mind on it. Really? Yeah. See, I don't like silence. <laughs> wow. You like, sometimes like- I like I like to block out the world, but I use, like, other sound to block out everything else. But, like, silence is scary for me. So you can't sit with yourself? Um, I can sit with myself. Just you gotta have noise, like some sort of noise. So I'm tempted, y'all. So we, I know what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about identity. Hmm. Can we do that identity? Because what you just said, everybody asks a question and self discovery, shadow work, whatever you want to call it. Who are you? So mm-hmm. I'm asking you in light of what you said. Who are you, Tony? If I ask you to identify Tony, or to, let's do it like this. What's your concept of identity? And then who are you? Okay. So. My concept of identity, because like when you, so I feel like the question of who are you is always attached to some sort of characteristic or some sort of role in which you play. So it's like you'll ask a question like you'll be like, who's Imogene? Well, are we talking about Imogene the mom? Are we talking about Imogene the sister? Are we talking about Imogene the daughter? Are we talking about Imogene the friend? Are we, you know what I mean? So, like, it's just, like, there's multiple components to me. You need to be a little bit more specific. Really? <laughs> That's interesting. And I feel, like I've, I feel like a lot of people have that about themselves. So, in essence, you said, when I said, who are you, you you're saying people describe themselves based upon the roles that they play. Yes. Do you describe yourself? I ask you, who are you? Who are you, Tony? Who am I? I don't, I, I really don't have an answer. That's like something that caught me completely off guard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting. And maybe I'm just a geek. I could answer that question the way I do because I do spend a lot of time by myself in silence. Hmm. So when you ask me who I am, I'll say I am Imogene. And like my mama say, I am who I am. That's that's, that's my what answer. I, I was to say, that's a that's pretty deep. And, and I get that. I didn't you know, even think of that. No, I'm a Christian, right? And when I think about when, when God says, I am who I am, and, oh, are you trying to say you God? No. I'm not the divine God, but yeah, I'm God in the sense that his spirit lives in me. So for me, when you ask me, who am I? I'll tell you, I am who I am. I'm not going to say, well, I'm a mother or I'm a podcaster. I'm not going to do that because I'm a, actually a spirit, but there's so much to me that I am not going to put a label on who I am, I'm not going to put myself in a box. So pretty much I get that, but then I don't. Talk to me, girl. So when, so it's pretty much like when you said, I'm not going to put myself into a box. Does that mean that you're essentially refusing to make those distinguishable characteristics? 
Like I'm like you're not trying you're not going to say I'm imaging the mom or I'm you know imaging this or imaging that imaging this. You're just like I'm just I I think I'm saying in a sense naturally in the in the path of like doing work uh-huh. like I speak. I'm a public speaker. So if I'm in circles where I'm at a speaking engagement or if I'm networking for the purpose of trying to get speaking gigs, people who see me in that circle, if they hear me speak, they say, okay, she's a speaker. They'll say it, but I won't. And I'm saying the reason, the reason I'm saying, I'm not going to say it is because if you want to know who I am, it's just not that simple. I feel like we live in such a superficial society where everybody oh, is portraying God. roles. And for you to know, it took me a minute to know who I am. So how you think you can just ask me and I can just give it to you in one sentence? No, right. if you really want to know who I am, that's going to require you spending time. Now, in the case of work, or if I'm trying to get a gig or something like that, I'm going to present myself in one of the roles that I play. But that's just an aspect of what I'm gifted or capable of doing. That's still not who I am. Hmm. So... I'm glad that you went there because do you feel as if you can be 100% yourself in all of your, in all of the facets of your life? I do. I do. It's gotten me in a lot of trouble. It's gotten me fired from jobs. It's gotten me put out of the good old boys club. And it is a choice. And, And I'll say, I think I could, I think I have. I used to show up how I felt like other people wanted me to. Okay. For instance, if I, when, you know, back in the down 50, I'm in my fifties, I'm almost 60. Right. So when I started out interviewing for jobs and I'm very studious, I read books and you get coaching on how you're supposed to interview. Right. I'd show up in an interview and they'd ask me the question. I've been on practice already. This is what they want to hear. In that sense, I was denying who I really was because I was trying to get this job. So I was telling them what they wanted to hear which hindsight is always 2020 looking back that was a bad move mm. in my opinion but that's that was part of the journey in developing my identity hmm. do you feel as if do i, I feel like i'm being interviewed you no because i have so many questions do i do i when i tell you i've been thinking about this all day <laughs> i've been waiting for this all Happy. day yes i legitimately i looked into like so many different articles to like for instance like just thinking about like cancel culture and things like that and what does that mean for like you know the individual um what does that mean as far as people being their authentic self as opposed to their adaptive self i went in okay so what's your take let let me help you because it is it's a very big concept it really is and it is but it was very fascinating it's very fascinating. I think it's something that is very worthy of thought. We're in this new world order since the pandemic and all the social and uh, social unrest and political stuff, everything that's going on. And this is the new world order where digital technologies are at the center mm-hmm. of, of our lives. And a lot of things are superficial. And just what has yes. happened has let us know what we thought was, wasn't. So what we identified as this and that, we realize identity is elusive because what we thought was with our government or what we thought was with our health care, that wasn't it. Right. So it begs the question to look into what really is and what really ain't, right? 
But to if even go back to what you what you say, and this is my lane. This is this is my lane. But when you say most people describe themselves basically on the roles that they play. I'm yes. a mother or I'm a doctor, my job. So what happens? What happens when you okay, yeah, you're a mother, your kids get grown and they move out. You're still a mother. Mm-hmm. Just say you could describe yourself as being married. What happens when you get divorced or your spouse dies? Who are you then? Mm-hmm. Do you take on a new identity? Kind of, yeah. Take on a new role. A new role, yes, yes. But in... See, now I'm getting tricked up with my words. <laughs> so, trying not to... Also, been doing really good at not saying, um. So that's what I'm trying to work on. Why? Are you trying to work on it because you want to work on it or because somebody else wants you to work on it? Because you want me to work on it. <laughs> Let's even talk about I'll that. be honest. Because I'm trying to push the conversation. Let's talk about that. Sure. Especially in light of it's the new year. It's our new year, February. And you're saying you're trying to work on it because I said something. Yeah, I gave you feedback. Yes. But in essence, I would like to think when people make change, like a lot of people have made New Year's resolutions. Mm. Uh, approximately probably like 74%. That that was the stats for last year. Make New Year's resolutions adults. Mm. Six months in, about 49% of them don't keep it. But I'm mm. saying, you're saying you're working on the, um, not saying, I just said it, not saying, um, <laughs> because I bring it to your attention. Yes. Yeah, and I still put you it back to do. identity. Are you doing that because I want you to or you want to? And it's about, I just think for me, when, when you know yourself and we're constantly evolving. Yes. But when you know who you are and you decide to make change, you're doing it because you want to do it. And if you're not, you're not being your authentic self. Would you agree with me? Um, see now. <laughs> so the reason why, at least for me in this specific example, the reason why I'm doing it is because I see how much I do it. And then now I see how much the people around me do it. And now I'm realizing, like, it's starting to annoy me because it's like, are you just trying to piece your words together? Is this conversation going moving too fast for you? And half of the time, it's not the conversation moving too fast for me. It's more so I want to be very intentional with my words. So I have this conversation with my brothers all the time. I said what I said. <laughs> That's just what it is. If it takes me some time to say it, I'd rather it be clear because I want to get it out right the first time. I don't want to have to backpedal and, you know, pull things back in just to repeat myself over. I don't want to do it. So more so it's for for me, it's more of being more clear and more concise and more efficient because talking is exhausting. So it's self <laughs> it's self-improvement. And, and yes. that's that's really huge. What you said. I know when I first came back to New York nine, 10 years ago. And I listen to people speak. I don't know if they used to say, um, a lot, um, a lot. I have this thing. I say, you know, when I'm talking, like with my sister or whatever, I say, you know. And I'm aware of that because I talk with her and she says that a lot. But as I was here longer, I started hearing people speaking and they're like, um, um, like from the county executive to the mayor to whoever. And I said, these are people in leadership. Surely, you know, they're working on their communication skills and they're using fillers. Right. And. The environment that you're embedded in, like you said, you hear other people say, I hear it a lot. I'm aware. And that's the key. A lot of people, even when they're showing up in life, the way they're conducting themselves, a lot of it is based upon 
social influences and even conducting themselves from their sense of self. If everybody else is doing it, I'm doing it. And I say that now because of the world that we are living in, mass media, social media, it's like you don't know who is who, which makes you scared to say what you got to say. It's like a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Political correctness between... First off, let's just be clear. Black Twitter put political correctness out there. I'm sorry. They let you know, like, that's wrong. You know you wrong. And (laughs) that's it. Period. Those are the originals. Shout out to Black Twitter, because they are legitimately the original. Stop it. It's like getting popped as a kid in the hand. Yeah, and I'm not on Black Twitter a lot, but I, I love Black Twitter, and I love Black people. And I will say a lot of us, a lot of people in general are are authentic, but black people are really authentic. And they just say what they say and they say what they mean. They check it. They'll wreck it. They'll do whatever needs to be done. But I love that. And a lot of us, I include myself because I am black, y'all. A lot of us has more of a sense of who we are than a lot of people. And I I don't want to get away from that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get away from that. You see a lot of successful people people doing their thing and they don't really know who they are. And I'm just harping because I think it's just so important when you know who you are from your, from your being, it just kind of frees you. You don't have to go with the flow. You don't have to do what everybody else does. But as we can see, a lot of people are doing that. Would you agree? When doing what? Just being mimicking who they are other, or mimicking? They're just, they're just conducting themselves in my mind in accordance to the way they expect or they believe other people expect them to behave. It's called reflexive appraisal. That's the term when you're talking about self-esteem. Mm-hmm. But people are just, like, for instance, you go on Facebook or Instagram. You have these influencers. And you have people doing things. So you have, and especially I want to say when you're like in your early 20s to your early 30s, you're still figuring out who you are. Some people are just exploring and some people just committing to do stuff. They assuming a role. They don't even know why they're assuming a role. You got some people just doing stuff because this is the thing to do it. This is the fad and you do this and they don't know why they're doing it. Then they end up in a situation and wonder how they got there. Then you're back. Right. Listen, I've been there, been there, done that. Been there, done that. So I just think it's like a really, really huge thing. You think that <laughs> following a trend is a huge thing or I think it is. I think so it is. would you say that considering that you operate within your authentic self, mm-hmm. would you say that you are free from participating within those trends? I think you have the power of choice. And you can stand solid in that choice. I heard Will Smith say about, it was about three months ago, I watched him or four months, whenever he was doing his movie in Louisiana. And he was just talking about growing up with his mother and his father, how he watched his father beat his mother. He never said anything. But besides all of that, he was just talking about, yes, he's very successful, but he shared the intimate parts of him where people had this persona, this perception of him. But Will Smith said, even in his success, he just really broke free. 
from a behavior that he demonstrated. He said a lot of times he wasn't being who he was. He was being how people expected him to be. He said that. Go back and listen to that. I'm not going to say those are his exact words, but that's what he was talking about. That's huge. Doesn't shock me because a lot of people do it, especially when you're talking about Hollywood or you're talking about all of these people. They just want to be famous. They want to be seen. They want to look good. Superficial stuff. And you're not your body. Your body is your vehicle on this earth, but you're not your nose. Because if your nose gets broken, you're, you're Tony with a broken nose. But if your eye gets gauged out, you got one eye, it's like this does not make, make you who you are. I just wish people could really get this, could really, really get it. Okay, so you lost me. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> you lost me just a little bit. So essentially what you were saying is that Will Smith was saying that he felt himself not being who not portraying who he's actually is supposed to be. Now, with that being said, wouldn't I don't know, I feel like for me it will kind of shield me. Cuz I I'm again, you said it a million one times. Tony's a private person. So it's just like some things I don't want people to know about me. Does that mean I'm not being true to myself? No, that just means I just don't want people to know things about me. That's if you're intentional and if it's your choice, it's a difference. If you choose to not disclose something or you choose to be private, but he came out and said it and you'd have to go back. You guys can go back and watch it. He came out and said he felt like from the way I understood it, the way I understood it, my opinion. Yeah. He felt like he was not holding true to the integrity of himself because he was conducting himself in a way that he felt like others expected him to. And a part of him, none of us wants to be rejected. We want to be accepted. What I understood from what he said, it had something to do with societal expectations. And when we talk about identity, which we know our identity is developed when we're growing up, our parents, our aunts, whoever we around, they influence us. Our teachers, if people like people, what's the good old saying? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names may never hurt me. That's not true. We now know that the names are the sticks and stones that break your bones. Because if I'm calling you names or little kids get called names, they assimilate that. That's who they think they are. You know, if you're calling your kids stupid, it don't even have to be that negative. It can be you giving a, a kid a nickname. You calling them Pookie or Rara, and then they go into school and kids teasing them, and and they associate <laughs> that experience with a part of who they are. However that experience is for them, the feelings that it generates, uh-huh especially if people don't have the critical skills or the awareness to know that this is what's happening. The influence of other people is determining who you are, your sense of self, and you're embracing that. And you don't know it. Like you were saying, you were saying, um, um, because the people you were around, it's like you picked it up because you were there. Now you're saying you're being intentional. So you're aware you're woke. Yeah, essentially. Okay. So, all right. So being intentional. Oh, I woke up. Look at me growing <laughs> in my identity. But I still, it still goes back to the question of who are you? So let me ask you this, maybe another way. And I'm not trying to get certain answers from you. I no. have my take. This is just my perspective. I believe in God. I believe that God created everybody with a purpose. Therefore, I believe that when I was born, I believe that I was a definite being. 
you know, I believe my purpose was embedded in me. Some people may call it DNA, whatever. I think a baby, when they're born, they are really, truly being themselves. And yet, as you develop and you grow, because you're embedded in this world, this physical realm. And I think a lot of us on our journey, we have, ex we have experiences. And as a result of those experiences and the way we make meaning out of them and how they make us feel and how they make us think, all of that, we internalize a lot of things and we lose ourself. Hmm. So this is like that nature versus nurture conversation. Because what you're saying Absolutely. is that you are born who you're supposed to be. As a believer in God, that's what I'm saying. And that's what freaks me out. People can conceive God the way they want to. Mm. And yet we say the concept of God is this deity, all-knowing, just perfect creator of a perfect world. If you look at the cosmos, the stars, the moon, the sun, everything is in synchronous how you say synchronicity, even the way your body works. So you have this perfect God and, and you're here. We, we come here. We don't ask to come here. We're just born. I don't remember asking like wherever I was before I got here, but you have to think when you grow up, you're innocent. You have no, you have the, the template for development for who you are, but you have to grow into yourself. And in that process of growing into yourself, you may lose who you are before you even know who you are because of social external factors. For example, I get out in the world, you know, I'm in, I'm in um, kindergarten. Somebody starts taking my milk money or bullying me, taking my peanut butter cookie. Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing this all the time. So I'm like, wow, you know, that makes me have a thought and make a judgment. And so now this is how I'm seeing the world. I'm seeing, the, I could see the world as a mean place where little kindergartens take your cookies. They're just mean. And that changes my worldview, has the potential to change the way I see myself, my self-concept. Hmm. You wasn't, you, you, no, you, you're not ready for today. I can tell no, you I'm wasn't thinking. ready for today. No, I'm this is, your mind. this went <laughs> somewhere else where I was going. So like, that's the reason I'm like. So let, let me listen to you because I've huh. been doing all the talking. So let me learn from you. Or let me hear your perspective. So basically what I was doing was that I was looking more so as like the psych psychoanalysis. Um, said, um. <laughs> psychoanalysis perspective or concepts of identity. So essentially I was looking at more so how does one establish identity? Identity, excuse me. You know, how is identity shaped? How is it, um, how is it shaped? Um, how is it maintained? And how it's, I don't know how to, I feel like I'm going to say this word wrong. Authenticated? Is that? That's a word. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so that's what I was looking at. More so cycle development is what I was looking at. So to me, when I think of identity, I think of it as the characteristics or the concepts that make up a person. So situations happen to a person. They then shape a person for who they are. Then, granted, you can either identify 
with those situations and accept whatever labels or label comes along with it. Or you can use the situations to your advantage. And essentially shape your worldview around it. So the way that I saw it, at least I was looking at it from the sense of they did a study on social media and the passives, the adaptive self versus the authentic self. Mm-hmm. The study showed that most people do not are not their authentic selves on social media. So when they looked at to the reasonings why people aren't their authentic selves in social media is because there was a constant fear of not being accepted. So that's the reason why I was like, this is a little different. It's the same thing. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really the same thing. The way that like it was coming about that. So I was like, huh. I was like, I was actually enjoying it. And then that's why I was like, wait, I'm supposed to talk. <laughs> but we're right here. It's the same thing, the way you expressed it. And as far as on social media, when people not presenting their authentic self, out of fear yeah. of not being accepted, it boils down to low self-esteem, which a lot of us, a lot of us as a whole, we have low self-esteem. We won't say it, but it's true. And there was a study just since the pandemic. Is it a Gallup poll? I don't know. Maybe I need to write it down. Gallup poll. Explain. Cause I don't know what that a Gallup poll. It's just a poll. It's an institution that conducts surveys and polls. It's one of the more credible ones that okay. they conduct studies. I thought that was like one word. The way that you said it. So, yeah, so I was like. No, it's to the Gallup okay. polls. They do a lot of <laughs> polls. And their stuff is pretty reliable. But I saw something last year. Since the pandemic, there was a survey conducted that indicated that 85% of the U.S. population was suffering from low self-esteem. And I'm sure there's a lot of factors involved in that. That number's pretty high. But you can't tell when you look at people because they're dressed nice. Right. Their hair looks good. Mm-hmm. Their fingernails are done. They're saying the right things and all of that stuff. So, but people think you can't see it. But doesn't mean I, that is exists. I can see it. And like you say, people don't want to be rejected. Right. Or they want to be accepted. I know that personally. I, I went through that like with my family, my extended family, the church was I in. And did I come out of being my authentic self? No, that was a conflict. I had a conflict in myself with my values and this is what I buy into and people couldn't accept me for who I was. So I was the weird one. They were saying this about me. They were saying, and that happens Mm -hmm. when you don't fit and it caused the conflict. I had to make a decision. Do I change my behavior to what they think it should be so I can fit or do I behave in accordance with the way Imogene feels like she should behave. Right. And a lot of times, and I made the choice to just do me. Has it caused me some friction? Am I popular? Do I have a lot of friends? No, not necessarily. <laughs> but the ones that respect my value of being my authentic self. Right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be me. But do I adapt my behavior? Of course. If I go, if I'm in the house cutting the food, yelling and screaming and just acting crazy, I'm going to do that. And yet, when I go in a public place that has rules and codes of conduct, yeah, I'm going to adjust my behavior, but I'm not going to turn into another person. So so that's the reason why I asked this question, is because the adjustment of behavior. Because when I think of authenticity, that's you being yourself regardless of your venue. So the same way I am at home, is the same way that I am outside. 
same way I am outside, the same way I am at work. You know what I mean? Not saying me specifically, but... The essence of your being. Right. That the Tony that you bring. So if I know Tony is honest, right. I can expect those kind of intangible virtues because that invisible part of actually who you are. Right. You, you bring that depend, no matter where you are. I just think it's a really deep thing, but when you look at it, when you look at like every place that I go as I'm moving around, it's that's really an issue. And it's not like I'm looking to judge. I'm not. I just came from a retreat and it was awesome. But and I was surrounded by a bunch of people. I'm I was the least wealthiest person there by far. These were some wealthy people, okay? You had people who broke up with their relationship and they're like, oh, I'm going on a retreat. The price of this retreat was no joke. I'm not going to lie to you, right? I had to save for a minute to go, okay? But when I looked at these people and they were just flaunting that I own businesses and, you know, they knew celebrities and pretty much tangible resources, they had it all. Mm -hmm. But being in the room with these people and we were together for about a week and we did yoga, we did meditation, we were in classes together. We got to know we broke bread together. So many of them were so spiritually bankrupt. They, they were very unhappy people, had everything. And it didn't take long, you know, as we engaged how they identified themselves mm -hmm. as wealthy, as business owners, or as heiresses, or, you know, they were bragging on their businesses and how many houses they had and all of this kind of stuff. And I got the inclination that that's how they were defining themselves through life. And that's how they were moving around and creating these experiences that only led to a sense of emptiness. Ooh. And that's what I, that's what I, I find as I'm learning. That's why I'm so much into the sense of the self. Uh -huh. And listen, I got strengths. I got weaknesses. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I'm not perfect. I'm the perfect me. I do what Imogene is going to do. And if Imogene make a mistake, okay, I pat myself on the hand. You bad girl, pick myself and keep going. But that gives me a sense of fulfillment when I know that I'm comfortable enough in my skin to be who I am and not have to worry and say, because you reject me. Does it feel good to be rejected? No, I've experienced it so much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I can't fix the world. But that's just something that's really prevalent that I see. People aren't really truly being their authentic selves. They're being who they think people want them to be. And as a result, they're not enjoying the quality of life that they deserve. What do you mean by that? The quality of life that they deserve? Like meaning that they're not, because they're not being their authentic selves, they're robbing themselves of certain experiences or um, certain job or business opportunities or money-making opportunities and things like that. That's shallow. In my I, mind, that, that's what I'm saying. That's, like, that's super, I'm trying to get to where you are. <laughs> I, I think anytime, like when you said people on social media, they, they're, they're not authentic. They're adapting. They're trying to portray whatever presentation of themselves. They're trying to make people think they're this or whatever. And, right. and, and because they want to be accepted. Or they want accolades. They want likes. Now think about that. For me to do that, to go the extra mile. Now I get it if you're branding your business and like we're not you know, talking you, about. I'm that, just saying you don't want to take your pictures with your head nappy like mine. But what <laughs> I would, I'm like, cause it really, I'm not really in that lane like that. But 
We're talking about regular people. Yeah, regular people. When you think about that, what does that say about yourself? It really says that I'm not good enough or I'm really insecure in my being. And well, even with branding, too, I would say, like, if you're, for instance, there's a lot of people on social media who are influencers or what are else they call content creators. Right. I had to think, Jesus. Bro. She's snoring and everything. <laughs> <laughs> she really sleep. Girl living her best in her third dream. Saying oh, she need to get a job. <laughs> you would have thought she worked today. I know. But um, unless they're like content creators or influencers, you know, whose their lives are their brand. So they do have to portray certain things in order to get to where they want to go. Now, do I think that's fair to themselves? No, I think you're cheating yourself out on a beautiful market. Because there are people... Because everybody does that. And there are people who do accept you for who you are. Right, and if you were just like, you know, just crazy, if you want to be crazy, or if you like, you know, you just real chill and laid back and that's just who you are, there are people who would identify with that. Absolutely. And people will buy... One thing I learned about people in the pandemic, they will buy anything. (laughs) You think? They will buy anything, just anything. They will buy pretty much anything that they can identify with. That's something that can say, like, I get that. I understand yeah. you. Yeah. And they'll buy right into that. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a market for everybody. And I don't think as individuals we have to really market ourselves. I just think just be who you are. And, like, like that's just my thing. I just see it so much. And, granted, we all go through things where we're insecure. And just the whole climate of what's been going on, it's enough to challenge our sense of self and feel insecure. I know, like, when the first, when the pandemic first kicked off and I was really a little bit heavier into activism, it was taking a toll on me as I was right. seeing the stuff and it was really doing a number on me and it was challenging my sense of who I was. You know, we were niggers with the ER. And, ER. You know, and like Joe Rogan, this thing is, he, um like, the Planet of the Apes. That's an attack on individual's identity whereas now it don't bother me it i'm not so sensitive to that because i'm aware of what names and references to to um when you reference a characteristic of a group of people stereotyping i understand how it impacts a sense of self but that self-talk i do that self-talk and that's what i would would you encourage other people to do that's what i was that's what i was gonna say like we could we could hash this and unhash this and it's a lot to be unhashed but i'm wondering like all the a lot of people made new year's resolutions and based upon stats and just based upon reality i'm sure by now a lot of people have given up on it or or i can't do this and and we're i believe we should not limit ourselves as human beings we're not limited creatures and yet you got to wonder what people are telling themselves when you're making resolutions. Why would you make a decision and you believe you couldn't commit to it? Or why would you set a goal and you think you can't reach it? People say realistic. Oh, you got to set a realistic goal. That's unrealistic. How are you going to tell me what's unrealistic? It may be unrealistic because you can't conceive it. True, true. But I would say this. (laughs) As someone who... Last year, we had this conversation actually on the podcast. As someone who said that I'm going to get up every day at five o'clock in the morning because I get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work or get myself ready to go to work. Someone who said I'm going to get up every day at five o'clock in the morning to work out. 
knowing I only work five days a week <laughs> and there's seven days in a week, I wasn't getting up on Saturday and Sunday at five o'clock in the morning. Then why did you say that? Because I actually thought I could. <laughs> but what I thought about it realistically, Tony likes to sleep sometimes a little bit, just a little bit, 30 more minutes. That 30 minutes, granted, yes, I could have got up and, you know, got on my bike, got on my game, you know, did my workout, stuff like that. But, you know, some nights I just want to sleep. <laughs> and that's cool. And I would definitely say that. So, granted, answer to the question is, does Tony still work up at 5 o'clock in the morning? To the, no, no, no. Tony did something a little bit, not easier, but more realistic. Tony changed her eating habits. Tony actually eats what she, how did I describe it? Why are you talking friends? about yourself in third person? Because this is <laughs> how I perceive myself. This is this is myself. So Tony actually eats for flavor and not for substance. So I eat what tastes good and feels good to my body. Not, oh, well, I just have to eat something real quick. Let me run here and get this. Let me, I have to eat something now. Let me go ahead and get this bag of chips just so I can have something in my stomach. No, that means that Tony has to wait until she gets home to have hummus and carrots. That's what Tony's just going to have to do. And that's, and that's your choice. I like what you said. Was Tony going to get up at five? And you were like, no. And you just highlighted, you knew particulars about certain aspects of yourself. And, but that's what I'm saying. So that wasn't realistic for you. And that was based on the knowledge you have about yourself. Like you knew you don't like getting up in the morning and (laughs) whatever. And it's all about your priorities and everything. And so it is with everybody else. We're trying to improve personally and professionally. And yet, how do you improve? How do you progress if you can't get in touch? If you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you like, you don't know what you dislike. Hmm. And I believe, me too, like I've tried to put down some habits and still working on some things. Maya Angelou says, and I love this quote, when you know better, you do better. Mm. I always say, but between the knowing and doing is you, me. I'm in between knowing and doing. And so that's the area where we work. And that's the area where you do the self-work. And when you're saying you want to make change, it's about, it's a process, Thinking about really who you are. You got to really know yourself. Go inside of yourself. Go inside of yourself. And when you fall short, like people who didn't um, keep their resolutions, I'm wondering, are you asking why? Being honest and actually the self-talk. Ask yourself. All right, talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. What are you saying to yourself? Yeah. Or even if you're not having a conversation with yourself, at least acknowledge why it didn't happen. You can't constantly say it didn't happen because the kids needed this and the third. You know, have some sort of accountability to why it didn't happen. You do. You have to be at the center of yourself. I love to say it all the time. It's me, myself, and I. Not saying I'm the only person in the world, but I get that concept. The journey that I've traveled, the obstacles that I've overcome, at the end of the day, it was me, myself, and I. Whether I made mistakes, whatever the things that I've done, I had to look at myself. I realized my life now is a representation of the choices I've made up until this point. And if I have a good day, if I have a bad day, if I have a good experience, I have a bad experience, I can hold myself accountable because I go back and I look at me. It's me. 
So when it comes to change or trying to improve the quality of my life, or if I resolve to do this, I'm not saying it can't be done. And I say that's for anybody, but it's about having a plan because like you said, you know, you don't like getting up in the morning. I don't. So that knowledge <laughs> just, just is good when you can know, so you can have a contingency plan. Right. Like, and I use the example, I use the example of, I don't like to work out. I just got back in the gym like last February because I was in the military mm -hmm. and we worked out every day. It was just a lot, but it was in the form of punishment. Every time we did something, like, get down, beat your face, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, I had no respect for exercise. I had a great body. I was strong and all of that good stuff. And when I got out of the military, you know, I ran a little bit. I did a little bit, but then I had some things happen. I stopped working out, but recently I got back in the gym. And I really don't like going to work out. I don't. You but, don't? No. But I think back, I know that I did it. If I did it for all of those years, it's because I know myself. So I went back in time. Okay, Imogene, how did you do this? And part of my process is I know I need to lay my clothes out. I need to lay my clothes out right here. I need to set my clock an hour earlier. And when I wake up, when my alarm goes off because my mind goes into this process, you know, <laughs> this warp mind. And But once I put my clothes on and I'm up, I'm out. And it, when I hit the gym, like once I got my clothes on, I'm good. And once I'm on my way, I'm good. I just say, okay, this is an hour of pain. I don't even look at it as pain now. I go in there and do what I got to do, but I could only do that because I learn about me and knowing myself. So it's a lot to just pack in one conversation, but I would like for you to think about it. And I would like for you all to think about that concept too of identity. Who are you? Who are you? I still can't answer it's, that it's question. Deep. It's deep. And, <laughs> and, you know, I could give a lot of answers, but I'll just, um, I'll leave it here because we got to get out of here. Identity is a concept that it's worthy of reflecting on and really thinking about it. Because when one knows who they are, when you really know you are, and like I said, this is my belief and I can't impose it on other people, but none of us drove up to planet earth. Okay. None of us drove up to planet earth. And like however we got here, up to America. no, however <laughs> we got here. So my take, I believe that I was created on purpose with a purpose. Right. And a lot of us have to keep living till we get it. Till you get about 56 years old. Everybody want to find their purpose. By the time you find it, you about you got, half you your life is say, over. You already you know, gone, but, ready but, to be gone. But it doesn't have to be that. I tell people, check in with yourself. Are you on the path? I believe when you're walking in the path that you're supposed to, when you're living from your authentic self, you have this sense of peace and a sense of fulfillment. I'm telling you, not perfection. You still go through stuff. So I just like to challenge you and I like to challenge you all, if you will, to just check yourself and see if you're operating from your authentic self. And if you're not, ask yourself the question, why aren't you? All right. Can we do that? And then can we come back? I'm asking you to do it too. And I'm going to, you know, I'm constantly searching myself and then we'll, we'll hit it and take it further the next time. How about that? That works. Cause All that's, right. I, I'm legitimately sitting here like thinking about it. Like, yeah. Was that a good conversation? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I know you did. Cause you ain't talking over because here. Because I was just like, <laughs> like <laughs> no, that's my, that's my lane where I operate. But anyway, we got to get out of here, y'all. It's been real. And I hope you all are off to a good start. I pray that you stay safe. And as you make changes or you make resolutions, know that there's really no limits. 
and anything you set your mind on it, you really can achieve it. I don't believe in unrealistic goals because that puts limits on you. And that's a mind construct. I think you can do whatever it is that you choose to do as long as it comes from your true self. So with that being said, blessings, y'all, of peace and love. We out of here and we'll see you next time. Thank you. I'm sitting here trying to figure out who I am. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm not even joking.